and we are firing it up. I don't have Ken's video. I have a thumbs up. <laughs> well, I have his video, so okay, no, we're good. I, then. I feel good with this. All right. Oh, I'm supposed to let you know you're being recorded. Oh, that's good. Thank yeah. you. Welcome to Practical, Shoot Practical Shooting After Dark. My name's Ben. We're here to talk about shooting on deck tonight, and I think it's a special episode because he's. The homies here are going to talk about uh, Carry Optics National. So, uh, Mr. Kim. Hello. And um, well, your Area 3 director, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Matt Hopkins. I don't know if I can claim that on this or not. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Hi. Hi. Mm. Well, guys, so, um, new, so Nationals wasn't at a new venue, but it was uh, back at CMP Talladega. So t yep. tell us, tell us about it. Like, how many stages? What were the stages like? You know, I saw some footage, but I didn't like really like study the shit. So, so. there were there were fifteen bays of shooting. There were eighteen stages on those fifteen bays. Okay, so some double stages is what I heard. Yeah, there's double stages. Okay. Um, typical nationals where you have. Chrono, and then you have AM, PM sections. So people start in the morning, people start in the afternoon. It goes until everybody's done shooting, which probably can bring that up in a minute, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> one, uh, thing, one thing that was very interesting to me was the stage designers, uh, three people designed it, and each zone was designed by uh, per person. So I felt like uh, I really enjoyed the stages and the heat factor system there because each zone was different flavor. And of course, different stages, uh, stage designers had different, I guess, preference. So one zone was pretty, in a way, kind of a Ipsic style, people would say. And one zone was kind of a mix of hose one stage and technical one stage, hose one stage type of a situation. And another zone was kind of a in a way, it's a vanilla, but typical uh, field courses we would typically see in a USPSA major matches, I would say. So the heat factor was very, very interesting to me. One stage, in terms of high heat factor we're talking, one stage in CO was about 15 plus, just around it. And then some stages hovering around 10. And most of the stages were hovering around 5 to 7. And we saw maybe like 2 stages under five somewhere around it so i thought it was very actually uh challenging many different aspects mm -hmm. yeah i thought it was good variety i i didn't think they did something too much or not enough i thought it was it was pretty balanced in that aspect mm -hmm. i think the one thing that stood out was kind of the I don't know if you can say their non-shooting challenge or the non-standard way they did stuff. So they forced a weekend only six shots at on a last array. Well, hold on. It's there was a few things. There was a few things I heard about anyway that might have been controversial. There was like a t to carry a you had to carry a thing that was like yeah. it was, I heard it was twenty five pounds. Is that true? It was probably twenty pounds. I think. All right. So yeah, was there any other kind of stuff like that? Yeah, they had uh, a stage where you had to shoot your last, engage your last three targets. We can only. They just like declared it. It declared it in a weird stage briefing. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> okay. 
And another uh, stage had a we can only Virginia count stage where you should in one box move to the another box, but you had to have a mandatory reload on the weekend stream. That was something that I have never seen before. So box to box stage, uh, mandatory reload, weekend only shooting. That's an important skill to be testing. It 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 um it was probably the talk of the match, like the state, like beforehand. And after, like when people were shooting, I don't think it got much of talking about really. It was kind of just a stage you get through, not one you kind of excel at or anything. So mm -hmm. but that was one I, of the factor. I would say that particular stage where you had to mandatory reload with weekend, uh, it was definitely overcomplicated and definitely <laughs> contributed to the DQ number. Uh, this match had 21 DQs, and I've uh, I've seen uh, and heard more than one. I've seen one, uh, but more than one people DQ'd on that stage because it's a moving situation and reload from the weekend. So. I, I wouldn't be like opposed to weekend only shooting and maybe throwing a reload there, but if there is a movement, it's changing a lot of situations because the gun is moving around as you're running around. And since this hasn't really been tested before, uh, this should have been a stationary to at least decrease the number of DQ because DQ in an AD situation is actually dangerous. And by having movement there, just simply increase the number of DQs. Yeah, it, it was pretty challenging. And also, it was on a bay with another stage, though. So there were three starts on one bay. So it obviously. Well, I guess this kind of segues into another kind of thing I saw talked about. I, I, did, I did make a post on Facebook about this because I thought it was funny, but the, uh, the flashlight nationals came true. Yes. Uh, because of sort of these issues, right? Yeah, so day one, they had some backups on that double bay, which caused the squad that shot it second to last uh, for the day had to shoot one more stage after that. And it was, I believe they started after the sun was already set. <laughs> and we continue shooting after last light based on weather apps and stuff like that. So they were shooting technically in the dark by time and obviously if you saw the video by looks also <laughs> yes. why is this a problem matt uh it's not really fair stop whining to, karen right it's not really no. fair to oh, say it's that unfair. This, yeah this is it, it isn't really fair to say that this is an outdoor sport and that you have to just get used to that because not only is that unfair matt that's uh, sort of idiotic i think <laughs> that yeah. statement could be taken idiotic yes yes that's that i, I think not an me, intelligent thing to say the shooting in the dark problem over here i think uh this is this is a problem because problems like hey the sun was in my eyes in the morning uh in that kind of case uh or it rained a little bit it's actually within the schedule that the matchbook announced right yeah morning shoot or pm shoot but this dark situation was outside of the scheduled uh, time that was mentioned in the matchbook. Is that I wonder why they scheduled right? it to finish at that certain time. Yeah. 
So this this is so not technically like I don't know. Hey, this is an outdoor sport. The environment you gotta suck it up. But in this particular case, wasn't uh, meant to be enduring the time in the schedule of shooting. So outside of schedule of shooting is definitely something that should not happen. Well, yeah, I think shooting during hours of darkness is when you. It's okay to say something. I don't think you're being a pussy. You might have detected some sarcasm when I told you to shut up and called you Karen. So the other thing was a 9 a.m. start. So what? I think that, yeah. The <laughs> oh, the shit keeps getting better. Oh. Which I think that contributed to getting done close to dark. Because that you have to get a certain number of people in and all those squads have to be filled up. And there's not enough bays to properly get enough squads in it. So they had 13 people per squad. So it's a little more than I think what is normal to get people through in a set period of time. Yeah. They did good. They had, I think, a, more women's porta potties at this match than they did at low cap. Well, that's actually kind of an interesting uh an interesting thing you bring up there, Matt. See, it's like I've learned over the years because this is how I've been trained. You can email your area director all you want. They don't give a shit. Yeah. I've got one here I can ask him. He's told me many times how little he cares. Anyway, but when you get on the internet, you make some fucking noise, like you get more porta potties. Was there food to eat at the awards? There was. There was much more food this time, but they still ran out. Okay, well, we're making some progress. <laughs> progress, it's progress. Uh, the venue for the awards was also much nicer. They had it at the garage it, experience at the Talladega Speedway. Yeah, so I saw a bunch seat. of photographs that looked fly. It was actually really awesome. It looked like a professional uh, award ceremony and a nice venue for it. It reminded me of Florida, but Florida had plenty of food for everybody. There's that. Yeah. Well, um, what else? Let's see. Any other? Uh, there's there's definitely more that I want to talk about. Go ahead. Go ahead so the, the stage that kind of hung up everybody on day one. So it, it's a, basically a stump pad. You step on it and two drop turners activate. Uh, so day one, they there was uh, some issues. And the correct setup was to the drop turner simultane simultaneously turned. Day two, that was changed. One, it wasn't simultaneously turning. And then day three, now it was simultaneously turning. So you're saying, just to be super clear, there's two drop turners activating, sometimes simultaneously, sometimes not. And this was a, a big deal, or not? Or Yes, very big deal. Uh, Day one and day three was simultaneous, as far as I know, the all day. And day two was all day two was not simultaneously turning, which changes the exposure of the target, which also changes, you know, how you need to be shooting uh, in, a, in an optimal situation. So basically, so hopefully you shot this, what, day two? Three. I shot day three. No, but, but it would have been better to shoot it on day two? Uh. I would personally think so because I was actually watching the footage of day two, expecting day three will be day two's timing. Uh, so my change, my strategy changed. So as far as I know, if the exposure changes or target changes, 
or the system of activation changes, it has to be thrown out. And when I got there, since the timing was not the same as the footage I watched from day two, I was asking people around, hey, the timing is different. And people were saying, yeah, I think this is going to throw it away. And some people said, yeah, I was asking ROs and they were not giving me definitive answers. So people were talking, hey, this is going to be thrown away. And some people are saying, I don't think this is going to be thrown away. I, I would have been uh, I would have been uh, on their on their team. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think this is going to get thrown away. That stage getting thrown out was that if the timing for running the bay was not improved by lunchtime of day two, that they were going to toss the stage so they could get match blow much better. And so on day two, they improved the the way they started the people on the stage and how they're running it. They ended up with nine ROs on that one bay. And the time worked out. So not after day one, not everybody was shooting in the dark at the end. Well, that's good. I guess they skipped the part about setting this, the prop up the same way every time. That's a different thing. I didn't hear anything about that. Well, that's what you're making it sound like. That's what happened. What the prop? Yeah. Is it on the know. same bay? Were these the same stage we're talking about? Yeah, same stage. Well, that's what it sounds like what happened. Yeah. So by the rule, if the timing changes, that's thrown out. Yeah, All by the rules written in the, the rule rules. book, by the rules that how things actually function, like the rules <laughs> only matter when Troy wants them to matter. So, so the problem with that is, just one thing I can see. I think it should be thrown out. It's not the same for everybody. That's easy to say. But at that point, go down from an 18-stage match to a 17-stage match, which at some point, what is considered a national <laughs> number of stages? Like, what is the appropriate number for that? I don't know, Matt. I don't know either. Maybe you like, should ask your area director to tell you. Who, who's my area director? It's you, you dumbass. Who do I ask? You, I think this is what you're supposed to tell us, man. I, I would say... 17 sounds light, but, you know... 17 does sound light, so... I think it's for sure light. I think I think you got to be over 20 to be considered a... to have enough tests in there over a certain number of time, right? Yeah, when you're like, hey, I think we should check this stage because it's a little bit unfair... But on the other hand, we don't really have enough stages, so we'll just keep the little bit unfair ones in there. <laughs> that's one. That's one thing they would talk about, though. You know that. I, I, I'm sure they wouldn't put it quite that way. That'd make them sound silly. Um, oh. But yeah, that'd be the gist. And I, what I had one experience that made me both sad and very happy. So. <laughs> uh, the the stage, I mean, the match had multiple activators, and there was just one particular stage with swingers, two swingers, that was uh, considerably the toughest swinger at the match. So it's like an Ipsic target, the only the top triangle, and they even cut the target. So it's like very tiny cutout target swinger that's a very, very big arc and relatively fast, too. So basically the toughest swinger in the match. And one of the squad members shot that, and not just him, a lot of people had a miss on that swinger. 
And this shooter shoots, and there was one hole in the swinger. Very, very clear, clean one hole. And the range officer was looking at it and says, double. Basically, there was one Charlie, but he called it two Charlie. And there were a couple of shooters looking at it and <laughs> multiple shooters saying, this is ridiculous. Uh, things like that, people were saying. And the range, range officer walks away to score other targets. And I was really glad to see one shoot, one, not the shooter who shot, but one of the shooter watching that target was stopping the RO. And hey, are we really doing this? Like, this, is, this is the toughest swinger in the match. And just clear one hole and calling it two hits. So eventually the CRO, a uh, different RO, came and took a look. And yes, it was a uh, one one hit. So it was both sad to see, just calling it two hits on the toughest shot in the match. But it was also really good to see competitors actually really thinking about the actual right scoring. Because at national championship, the national champion should be, or wherever you place, it should be with the right scoring and actually, you know, know where you're placed. Um, that was an anomalous situation. I uh, would hope, or was the officiating, is it, uh, I don't know, which, which direction is it moving currently, would you say? I think definitely a lot of the, especially younger generations, uh, having different mindset, uh, you, you got to get the right score. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think Which is good. some good stuff and some stuff that could be improved for sure. Yeah. Like I saw hits that clearly went through the back of a drop turner get called a scoring hit multiple Lock times. Me. Yeah, multiple times. Uh, it's frustrating, gentlemen. Yeah. It is for sure. And then I saw probably the best ROing on another stage that I've ever seen at a nationals. And if they listen to this, they already know that I told them that. <laughs> well, at, any, at anywhere that I've ever, what seen impressed you. And I suggested to them that they needed to move them off of the stage as a team and split them up and help with other stages and help them train other ROs in that process. What were they doing? That was so good. Tell us about it. They were efficient. They knew exactly how people could run the course of fire. They knew all the ways they could, so they were 100% out of the way. They knew how to score the targets, and they split scoring, and they, all, they literally worked as a team. And it was the only RO crew that I saw on the whole range that, had, that got their stage done with enough time to sit down in between squads. And they sat down for at least 10 minutes before the, the next squad came up. Well, there you go. Yeah. Like, they didn't mess around at the walkthrough. They got started right away. They they did a roll call, which not every squad stage did. And they still finished on time. And we got the full four minutes. Like, everything was perfect. They were checking steel every time. It was making, like, they were doing walk-arounds at, at the back of the stage after scoring and, like, verifying all the paper targets were scored. The steel was painted. All the barrels were covered. Like it was just very, very, very professionally ran on that squad, that stage. Um, can I ask a question that might be perceived by some as a little bit rude? Go ahead. How old were these cats? 
They weren't. There was one that was probably the average age of the RO, won a little less, and then probably won 10 years less than the average age of the ROs. Wait, so he's like only... One of the two, one of the three were probably younger than the average age of the ROs. The other two were average age? Yeah. So like one was 50, the other two were 60, you're saying? Just sure. to put numbers to it? Yeah. I, I don't know how old they actually are, though. I have I'm, no, sho- I'm, I'm shocked. I'm an ageist piece of shit normally, but you know, this, is, <laughs> this, is, this is heartening. It wasn't like they were in their 20s or 30s, I can tell you that. No, no, this yeah, you, they they looked like BOCs, but they were not, huh? I'm, I, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> Come on, man! I'm trying to have a little fun with this. I got to be careful, though, you know. Oh yeah, you're a respectable. You're a politician now. That's right, something like that. Speaking <laughs> of politics, um, I I don't want to do it now. Um, can wait. It probably is boring, but the the USPSA the the member the 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 member meeting or whatever that thing was. I'm sure we'll yeah. get a report on that at some time, right? From who? Probably from you, but later. Yeah, we could talk about it for sure. We So key notes on that was there was every single member of like USPSA staff and all eight area directors and the president in the same room at the same time. That's never happened before at any other annual meeting. Uh, it's still on Facebook, I believe. Uh, if it's, it's not, it's on YouTube. Where would we yeah. find it on YouTube? On USPSA's Facebook page. It's probably buried at this point by ads and reshares. <laughs> like, let's reshare randos at their club matches to bury stuff that we actually want people to watch. That's right. And there's like 170 comments on it so far. It's like two hours. So if you get bored or something, go listen to it. Um, but yeah, we can definitely dive deeper into that at some point where we're going to have another one on the second half of the match, the first day of shooting. So that will be streamed live. You can ask questions. Um, the big thing was people were able to send questions in and people, I, I heard some feedback where people said their questions didn't get answered. So I hope we, we've actually talked about it. We're going to answer some questions directly at this next one beforehand this will matt this will not air bef- um before oh okay oh sorry no no it's fine i mean people will know that you're so like, we are going back and looking at the questions that are put on the saved videos on facebook so go in there we'll look at them at least i will and i'll present anything so that i saw i did see some discussion like online about this why weren't questions answered Though, like, what was there a reason? Uh, the reason I was told was that we took the bulk of the questions and grouped them together into topics that were all like topics, and Sherwin's address at the at the start of the meeting addressed all those like topics that they wanted to answer. Um. Okay. I mean. I. <laughs> all right. That's, cool. That's what I. Was- Told, told by who? By Did Sherwin. Okay. All right. President of USPSA. Cool. Yeah. Fair enough. Awesome. You having fun on the board, Matt? It's interesting for sure. 
So the people that were present got their questions answered. I think that's going to be the easiest way you'll see in the next meeting, and we can dive deeper, I guess. And after people get a chance to li listen to them or or watch the videos and see what was asked and answered in those. Absolutely. So we will speak again on this. Yeah, for sure. We can dive deeper into it after. All right. Mr. Kim, anything else you want to talk about at Nationals? Yeah. Uh, the last word will be just just by looking at the stages, just looking at the stages. I think this probably is my favorite stages out of uh, all the Nationals I shot because it was so variety. Uh, three different designers. I think that was a very fantastic idea. Yeah, I think yeah. it was good. I think the stages were good. I think it was much improved over low cap. I still think CMP yes. range is not adequate just due to the bays they have to host a nationals for well, handgun at least. A lot of people ask, and maybe you don't know, but like, how the hell did that situation come about? And why are we stuck with it? So in the bylaws, a president can sign contracts up to a year after their term. So there are contracts that were signed with CMP that make USPSA host a certain number of matches there. And I think that I don't know what the number is. I haven't been told or seen it or anything. So there there has to be matches held at CMP probably at least through 2024, which is the term of the president. Awesome. Yeah. Not really awesome for shooters, but. No, I meant awesome in that like sarcastic, cynical way that I do. Yeah, I know. I got it. I was doing that thing. They did announce the date next year and locations. Yes. Yeah, there's six separate USPSA nationals that USPSA is going to put on. This says, I, I just have another question. Maybe Go you know ahead. the answer, maybe you don't. But wasn't uh, Jake crying about there being too many national events on that? Hunter's HD Gold podcast, like. I don't know. Like making it hard, like like saying, hey, we've had X number of national events in the last 18 months or some shit. Yeah, so doesn't this put stress on USPSA staff? I would say, yeah, probably. Like if there was cool. one event, it would be less than less stress than six. It's a good point. One thing confusing with the next year nationals was so carry optics will be a standalone nationals and the other nationals will be limited open PCC and production. PCC gotta be a standalone nationals. No, that's I only if you uh, that's only if you care about testing the, the gun. Exactly. Care, caring about testing the right equipment uh, to a right stages. Yeah, but if you don't care about that, then it doesn't need to be a separate event, does it? Exactly. I mean, you can still run your F1 formula in a go-kart stage, yes. <laughs> but you you don't want to run your go, uh, F1 formula in a go-kart circuit. You want to bring it to F1 formula circuit where it tests its ability and yeah, shooting well, speak, ability. Speak for yourself. I like wrestling babies. I always win. <laughs> I 100% agree. I don't think CO should have a nationals by itself. I don't think any handgun nationals should be held at CMP Park. It's not big enough. If they add five bays to the range, then it, we could talk about it. 
Wow. Okay. And uh, the current administration already. So I'm not going to, I mean, I guess I can get in trouble or whatever, but these are my opinions. I've told them that and they chose to do with the schedule what they did. Well, Matt, uh, we appreciate someone kind of speaking. I think you basically speak for the regular shooter people. I, I'm speaking for what I believe is the best. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. So for those who don't know, uh, the Karyopsic Nationals, same place, Talladega, next year in September. Uh, the other Nationals with PCC and Limited Open uh, Production, they're going to be in Colorado in October. That's going to be four days match, carry optics, three days match, uh, 18 stages for carry ops, and it says 24 or 28 stages for the other nationals. Yeah. Yes. It's going to be a, it's the, the October national looks very interesting. It could be, it, it, it's maybe hopefully being set up to challenge the 2017 nationals in St. George. That Phil ran, so mm -hmm. we'll like what's on paper right now. It could be we'll see. The other thing I want to say is, since we know the dates for next year for the Colorado Nationals, seems like like just look at the weather app and see what the weather is like in Grand Junction on those dates. No, it'll be it'll probably be above freezing in the morning when you get to the range. Well, I can tell you, I looked today and it was <laughs> above thirty degrees. <laughs> <laughs> and a high of six. So, I mean, maybe next year will be different on these same days. I find that, that very pleasant, Matt. <laughs> I live a little further north than you, but, you know. <laughs> sure, we won't have any issues with freezing rain or snow or anything like that, so we'll be good. Hey, at least you won't be shooting in the dark. <laughs> Mate, well... Never. Yeah. <laughs> you well, might. Bring your flashlights, everybody. Hold on. I think we can say we're not going to be starting at 9 a.m. It's true. For Colorado. That will happen. We won't be starting at 9 a.m. in Colorado. We uh, for sure will be. Probably the reason they did that was the time zone thing at, at CMP, right? Uh, on what? The timing? Well, you're right. You might have ROs that are like sleeping uh, on East Coast time and then drive to the range across the time zone. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. It's it's all the way in Georgia. Yeah. If, if, if you didn't think about that, then there's no way USPSA thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Forget what I said. That was stupid. No, the 9 a.m. start is a state law. Any public range can't shoot before 9 a.m. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck. And they're supposed to be done shooting at six. According to the law? According to the law, not according to the schedule on day one. Well, why didn't they just violate the law the other direction? I don't know. Good question. I mean, I like to break the law in a more strategic sense. You know what I mean? You mean how it's daylight for two and a half hours before we even fire a single shot downrange? I was thinking more like there's effectively no speed limit on entry and exit ramps on highways because it's pretty tough to enforce there. So you can kind of do whatever the hell you want. But then I just like play it cool on the highway. That's what I meant. Like strategic law breaking. That makes sense. Like go pay off the neighbors that were are within earshot so they don't call the police on you. 
No, that would just draw more attention to it. You'd probably just, you know, do an eight o'clock start time and then be like, oh, I didn't even know what the law was. <laughs> That'd be me. <laughs> I'd be like, I didn't even know that. What? Huh? Oh, bummer. One thing interesting I saw this Nationals was live stream again. Uh, I mean, this is not the first time, but definitely they had a couple stages. They just put camera there and then it's basically rolling. So you can see if you have, you know, your body shooting it, you can kind of look through that footage. And there was another live stream by Anders HD Gold. Uh, that one on the last day, I don't know, I didn't follow the first day, but the last day he was following the Super Squad. So if people are, in, I don't know, who's interested in Super Squad people shooting, you know, they may win or I don't know. So, so but his live feed was only on Facebook. And the USPSA live stream on that stages were on YouTube. So if you want to take a look uh, who's winning and, you know, like that final race of the competition, uh, follow Hunter's Aged Gold uh, Facebook page, then you'll see the footage. Well, guys, I think that's a good place to leave it, isn't it? Sounds good, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, well, listeners, if you have questions or... <laughs> You want to talk to your area director? Email. What? Are, what is your email address, Matt? Area A R E A, and then whatever area number you're in at uspsa.org. Well, yeah. Area, yeah, at uspsa.org. Go ahead and send me any questions you have. I'll make sure and get them to the whole board if it's for them. <laughs> oh, Matt, I'm sure they. I'm sure they love having you on there already. Bang up the podcast.